It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Rick Michael, co-producer and writer of the new show, Jewman Group, at the Tuscany Hotel and Casino, Wednesdays through Saturdays at 5.30. The show, according to Rick, is a comedy thousands of years in the making. For ticket information, go to the box office at the Tuscany, or you can go to Jewman Group, and also for everything about the show, go to jewmangroup.com. Rick, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Ira. Sure. Uh, it's not only a... a, a a, a comedy thousands of years in the making. We're we're changing that tagline to a, a comedy about and for everybody or everyone, because a lot of people are pigeonholing this thing as this is just for Jews. Well, it's not. Uh, a lot of people are coming in that are not Jewish and they're just on the floor laughing. They, they, they're enjoying it as much. Uh, it, there is a lot of flavor of Judaism in there as far as uh, Jewish humor because we play homage to the Borscht Belt and the Catskills and all the uh, the shtick from um, Don Rickles and Jerry Lewis all the way to Seinfeld and Adam Sandler. So you have all these Jewish comics, and uh, we have a, a telephone bit that Shelley Berman did. I tell a Myron Cohen joke. So, you know, it, it has its flavors, you know. Let's talk a little bit about the Catskills, because many of my listeners may not know about the history of the Catskills, and you obviously drew your inspiration from that area in New York. What was it about that area and that time, the Borscht Belt, that produced all these famous Jewish comedians? And when I say famous, well, they were nationally you had known. The, you had the Browns, the Neville, Grossingers. Basically, they were New York Jews. A lot, Most of them were New York Jews, you know, Rickles and Jerry Lewis and... Shecky Green, that they just migrated up upstate uh, New York, and they had all these hotels and resorts that just was like a haven for all these great comics, Jewish comics. And how did you develop an interest in writing this show about that brand of humor, in a sense? That's well, me that, is uh, meant for I, every I, that is meant for everybody, because as you said, these comedians, Shecky Green, Don Rickles, Sid Caesar, and others, were nationally appreciated. It wasn't just Jewish people that enjoyed it. Right. Them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point we want to drive home. But uh, I, my kudos to Dick Feeney, who uh, approached me about seven years ago for lunch and said, listen, I got an idea for a show, or at least I got the name of a show. And when he told me the name, I said, man, this is, this is a no-brainer, especially in Las Vegas. I mean, not that we're springboarding off of Blue Man Group, but it's just it's just very catchy. And what inspired me was all these great comics and just because I, I, I've been I've been doing humor like this. I've been I've been doing impressions of Jerry Lewis and uh, Woody Allen and, and, you know, a lot of Jewish comics that throughout my career. And then all of a sudden now it's come full circle where. Dick Feeney and I used to work, we worked together back in the early 90s in Viva Las Vegas. That was the first show that we did together. And we've done several since. We've written a bunch of other shows together. And this is uh, one that's going to, what I think is lightning in a bottle. 
especially especially when we take it to Florida and Palm Springs and even back to New York. But you're going to base it here in Las Vegas. Absolutely. This is our anchor. It's, we've been we've been open for about five weeks. And for the first four weeks, we had Sammy King, legendary ventriloquist Sammy King. And then he left the show. And now we have Joel Leader as a ventriloquist, comic ventriloquist. We have comic impressionist Rick Natoli and myself. And it's three guys and a piano player. Bill Chenoweth is our piano player. And this show, it just starts off with you walk into Alan Sherman music, you know, Hello Mother, <laughs> Hello Father. And it, it's li- it's the live recordings. And it's just brilliant atmosphere to walk into all these parodies. And he was a genius about doing parodies. And that's the flavor that we give in the very beginning. And then Linda November laid down a voiceover as an elderly grandmother saying that this is a disclaimer that uh, we're not politically correct in the show. And we are not, Ira. I'm going to just say that right up front. Everybody's been walking on eggshells in today's entertainment market. A lot of comics have been, their feet that have been put to the grill. And we are just not holding back anything. We're making fun of the Polish people, the Irish people, the, the Blacks, the Asians, the, uh, anybody you can think of. That's in this show we're making fun of. Not fun of, but making making light and making jokes. And that's what it was all about. To be honest with you, like somebody like Rickles, you know, God bless his soul. He was the greatest guy in the world. I, I met him a couple of times. And it's unfortunate you couldn't have Rickles today. It would not be politically correct. I mean, you couldn't have somebody. You couldn't. It's like, you know, you couldn't put an all in the family on TV. You couldn't have blazing saddles in the movie theater. I mean, there, there are things that people can't say and do. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to brush the fur coat of the cat the wrong way. I mean, we're trying to make everybody and making it very clear, very clear up front that we're just, if you can't laugh at yourself, laugh at everybody else. And that's, that's our motto. Obviously, I know the demographic that, this will appeal to, but I think you could even get a younger demographic just for people to be exposed to this kind of comedy. Absolutely. We have had uh, young couples. We've had older couples. We've had people from the temples that have come in and people that are just literally every race, creed and color has come into our show. And again, one of my uh, dear friends came in yesterday, uh, last night with a, a Mexican friend of his, and I do a Mexican joke and he laughed his took us off. He did. He Which had, is a technical just, term, Tukas. Tukas, yeah. That, yes. I, I was going to go the other way, but I decided to go. No, that's it. fine. So, yeah, I think that that could work. And especially, too, it's almost what there's a term called counter-programming. And what you seem to be doing is counter-programming. You and Dick are counter-programming what's available on the Strip in downtown Las Vegas. You're not going to mm-hmm. find that anywhere else, this particular type of show. And exactly. You, you obviously have disclaimers up that if you're going to be offended, then don't come in. Right, pretty much. Right. I mean, you know, they they uh, they do that in absinthe. I don't know if you've ever seen. Have you seen absinthe? No, but I know uh, that the, they do that there too. Yes. Yeah. In the very beginning, they say immediately that they're doing curse words, and then they use the curse words. And if you don't like it, they you know leave now. You know? Right. So right. basically, that's what we're doing in the front. How did you structure the show? Once Dick gave you the idea, and I have another idea for you, and I would like a, a part of the royalty from the show if you accept my idea. Because right now it's Jew Man Group, and you mentioned about Blue Man Group. What if you brought in Pain and it's Blue Jew Man Group? Well, we didn't want to go that far into it. I All mean, right, fine. We, 
Actually, we, we walk no out with hats and hats and pay us, and we come out with five gallon Home Depot buckets, and we sit down on stools and we do a little rim shot and oi, and then we do jokes round robin, and to, and then Habanagila riffs go in between, and that's as close as we get to to Blue Man Group because of the five gallon orange. I was just thinking of the Blue title, Blue Jew Man Group. I thought that would be an extra little. Blue Jew Man Group. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You didn't laugh and you're not going to give me my royalties. Okay, fine. We'll leave it be at that. Okay. Now, how did you structure the show? You mentioned a little bit of it just now, but you obviously have to write a certain amount of scenarios so that no matter who's in the production, it'll work. So there's an overall yeah, format, right? It's, it's, it's basically the, the feature of the show are the, the acts. You have three separate comedians that have their own 10 to 12 minute acts. How long and is the total show? Hour. Okay. Hour five. It's a short show, but you're, you know, it's perfect timing. And it, you, we have so much that goes into it. The backbone of the show is, you know, the individual specialty act. And then in between... I came up with an opening song, a parody of comedy tonight from a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. And then I go into my act and then we, we just start a skit. So in other words, we had, we have a Walker bit that I came up with, with a, uh, we have hospital gowns and we're, we're doing it to stay in alive. You can tell by the way we use our walk. Anyway, it, we have choreography in that bit. It's very funny. Another skit that I, I wrote is uh, Name That Jew, and it's uh, the host and two contestants, and they, he gives us clues, and we have to name the Jew. And it's really funny. There's a, there's a couple of other things that are, again, it's not all Jewish humor. It's, uh, we have one that's Homeland Security uh, skit. We have one that's, uh, the, it's uh, Breck Wall did a show many years ago called Bottoms Up, and he did a, a bit that he the Schitt's family. It's S-C-H-I-T-D. Yeah, like Schitt's Creek. Exactly. Exactly like Schitt's Creek. So, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your, for those people who are not familiar with Rick Michael, Rick's been on the show several times. Share with people a little bit about your background because you've been in the business a long time. There's your classic Dean Martin show and others as well, Frank Sinatra, obviously. But yeah. uh, how did you start out in show business? That's, a, that's an interesting question. Well, you, um, I think most of comics start out as a class clown. I did open mic night back in the 70s with uh, the comedy store in, in La Jolla and then Hollywood, five minutes. And then someone saw me and wanted to cast me in Greece, one of the uh, road tours. And I was the mooning champ of Rydell High. I played rump. And uh, I was the first time I ever got paid to sing and do comedy in, in a show that was 1980. And then after that closed, I did an audition for Jeff Kutash up in LA and he cast me uh, for a show here in, in Las Vegas, Hollywood Ghost Broadway at the Tropicana in 1981. Between uh, Greece and, and, and Vegas, I, I, I did a couple of things here and there, you know, more comedy clubs. And I, uh, I, I just... I started, I was doing impressions and then I fell into big band and now I can, I sing, I do impressions, I do stand up, and you know, it's, it's a nice combination to keep me afloat. So as you know, Ira, you got to keep reinventing yourself. I mean, I've been doing this over 45, about 45 years now, and you've got to really reinvent yourself. I mean, 
Vegas doesn't know who Frank Sinatra is anymore the way it used to be. So my Sinatra is, I, I make I make my bread and butter with Sinatra in South America. As a matter of fact, I'm going to Brazil in November for three weeks to do a tour. But I, my wife and I bought a place in Florida because we figured we'd go to God's waiting room because they know <laughs> who half the people I am, like, uh, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, Bob Hope, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. And then COVID hit. So we still have a house there. But then this show came about. And it's funny, it'll be full circle because we still have a house in Florida and I'll end up going back to Florida with this show. So um, as far as my career is concerned, I, I mean, I, I, I love comedy. I love making people laugh. It's an instantaneous gratification. You can't get any job that has more, if you will, pat on the back right away than, you know, getting the, uh, the memo in a cubicle two weeks after you've done something good. I mean, that's uh, comedy is like the best. And then uh, the singing comes from my soul. I don't know where I don't read any music, but all these charts and, and Sinatra songs that I sing. And I, I just I just love singing. It's just it's it's so emotional. And uh, I'm very selective with the songs that I choose. And then when we came about doing this show, Jewman Group, I kind of put a cumulative amount of impressions, singing. I, I even throw in a little Sinatra a verse and a chorus of my way doing a parody of, of his bad golf. It's called Bad Day on the Golf Course. And then I was going to throw in uh, Neil Diamond with, uh, instead of Sweet Caroline, Sweet Halavar, but uh, that didn't fly. So, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we take it out. And, and we're constantly evolving. I mean, jokes are... are are a funny thing. It's a science. One word can change the whole dynamics of, of a joke. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. When you start putting together the show, you're looking for obviously certain aspects of it. And as you mentioned, you change some of the scripting, you change some of the performers, people come and go, etc. Are you basing a lot of it on audience reaction or you start to see something with your experience and with Dick's experience? Oh, no, it's, it's absolutely audience reaction. If, it, if you do a joke three days in a row and it doesn't do anything, throw it out. That's it. I mean, you know, you give it a chance and you do it. Uh, we've, we've had where we've played to 30 people. We've, we've, played, we've played to 80 people. I mean, the room holds 130 and we're just starting out. But if you can't make a uh, you know 80 people laugh with a joke it, it ain't, it's not going to work so just take it out and that's what we've been doing especially in the very beginning we have literally 18 uh, yeah 18 jokes in the very beginning of the show that we go round robin just simple things like uh, i i'll say i just i just came back from a pleasure trip the other guy said what you took your mother-in-law to the airport you know it's all that kind of borscht belt shtick that you, you know, vaudeville shtick that would you go around doing, you know, and it's it, it's a lot of fun. Do you find that you get people coming in that have been to the Borscht Belt or know of the Borscht Belt and that's why they're attracted to the show or, or is it mostly people that are not sure what the Borscht Belt is, but they come in to see the show because, again, you're counter-programming? What's drawing the people in is our little logo, the Jewman Group logo, and people are just curious, what is that about? Well, you know, they just want to know what, what, why, why Jewman Group? Well, what's this? What's the show about? And they're very pleasantly surprised when they see what we've done with it. 
And, and again, it's ever evolving, but we're honing it down so that it is going to be a, a well-oiled machine in the next couple of weeks. Right now, we're we're still getting some of the the, the bugs out of it. And then, like, uh, we weren't happy with one joke uh, with uh, Rich coming out and doing uh, a bit. And I gave him another joke and he loved it. He's going to try it tonight. So it's that kind of, a, you know, hem and haw. You know, you got, you just see what works, what doesn't work, you know? Do you think that the, the, your time, which is 5.30, that's a plus, isn't it? Because so many shows are later, obviously, in the evening. And absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a lot, of, a lot of times you have, the, you have the afternoon show or the four o'clock show, and then you have the normal time, which is about eight, and then one more show at 11 or at midnight. But you're right in the middle there at 5.30. It seems like that would work very well, not only for the show, but having dinner either before or after. Absolutely. That's the perfect time to have dinner either before or after the show. And we have a package deal that comes with the show if you want or without the show. You can just come in and or you could just eat and not see the show at all. Can't they uh, deliver a food from the restaurant to the showroom and that way people can No, 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 no. Okay. There's, we're not eating in the it's not <laughs> a show, dinner show. But, but um, I'm sure that people are, are, are sneaking some rolls in their purses as they're walking in there, it's, 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 it's Jewish law. You know? you know, it's like when you say to a woman, excuse me, ma'am, is, is anything okay? You know, that's the, that's the, that's the typical. Do you run by any of your, not so much politically incorrect material, but do you run any of your Jewish humor through any other, like a panel of Jewish comedians or rabbis or people that have a sense of humor to see that it works? Or do you just rely on the audience itself? No, 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 no. I, I, well, my biggest critic is my wife. She, yeah, she's talked she, to me about you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She lost your number, by the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but she, uh, she said that you know she, she thinks it's I'm crossing the line when I do this joke, and I, and it, it's that's not really funny. And then just to prove her wrong. I'm going to go up there and try it anyway. And usually she's right. Yes, uh, yes. Shouldn't but, you, I mean, to save, my, your, to save your marriage, Rick, shouldn't you just say you're right, dear, and not even try it on stage? That's true. Yeah, that, just, that's that's that, that's what I should be doing. Yeah, just a suggestion. But actually, she's uh, she's very smart. and But I do talk to other comics, too. I mean, you know, and, and comics are just coming at me and flooding me with jokes, inundating me with just all this different material that I could use. And I have literally, I mean, a thick stack of jokes that I that I've collected in the last 45 years that I've written down and I have them in my archives and I have so much material that you know you could you could do two of these shows and they would be completely different you know so well you can get like, the Milton Berle joke book and have enough for a hundred years yeah of course he borrowed those like or it. stole those from but, other comedians right and so. Milton Berle sold that from everybody yeah, so exactly. yeah exactly yeah no that that works. Do you see franchising or licensing the show beyond, you mentioned in Florida and possibly New York, do you see franchising or licensing the show in other markets in addition to Florida and New York? Yeah, well, it's, as, as long, yes, there was, matter of fact, we have an agent that does all Broadway shows and he can plug us into, you know, those theaters that uh, have resident tickets and uh, we can ju and, and just throw us in there and, and maybe for a week or two. And, and he has uh, ideas of doing, uh, you know, four, 500 seat theaters around the country. So 
we, we're not only just, you know, going to be sitting down in one area. I mean, we could make we could make a, a career out of Florida. I mean, just South Florida alone, you know, with all the, you know, the theaters that they have down there, Kravitz Center and, and, and all of them. You know, right now we're trying to get the legs on this show, you know, get the bones. We've been recording it and going to school on ourselves and just making it the best it can be. And it's just getting funnier and funnier. And everybody, I'm telling you, Ira, and I'm not just tooting my own horn, but everybody loves this show. They, they come out laughing. And even Dick said, I've never seen a show where people have been laughing this much throughout the whole show. In the first five weeks, I asked him, because Dick also produces the Rat Pack is back at the Tuscany. And I said, well, how many standing ovations does the, uh, the Rat Pack get? He said, maybe one every six, seven weeks. I said, do you realize we've had five standing ovations in five weeks? I mean, that's 20%. Well, it sounds, like, it sounds like you've hit a nerve. I think so. I think we did. I, I, I think that it's long overdue, Ira. I mean, everybody is so clammed up and is so afraid of, of, of saying certain things. We say it for them. And that's the beauty of this show. Well, as I say, it's counter-programming. You mentioned about tuning your own horn. You don't have to. You could just toot mine, which, you know, that'd be fine. <laughs> sure, I don't mind getting sure. praised. You know, why, why not? So anyway, the <laughs> with your background in show business and entertainment, I'm assuming that in thinking through how this progresses, you have people that you are backed up with. What I mean by that is that you have backup material, obviously, for jokes, as you mentioned. And you also probably have people that are that you can book for the show if need be as well if somebody leaves. Uh, understudy. Yes, an understudy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we have we have a couple of people that have come and seen the show. Uh, originally, they didn't want to do the show because they didn't like what was on the paper. But when they saw it executed, they they saw our vision, and now they went back in the show. I'm not going to mention any names, but Larry Wilson. Uh, Great funny comic magician that came down from Reno today, and he's going to see the show for the next two nights. And we have Sammy King is, is the understudy for Joel Leader now. And so I'm looking for an understudy for myself. And we still have auditions. We're putting it out there. Anybody that has any specialty act, comedy uh, of, uh, you know, a, a ventriloquist, juggler, magician, ventriloquist, Anything, and that's uh, all we'll, on your website, jewmangroup.com. Yeah, it's in. Right. It's there's an audition uh, page for it. Uh huh. Right. Before I let you go, when you look at humor today and comedy today and entertainment today, it's certainly different than it was when you first started out. It's never going to go back to the way it was. But what it sounds like you're trying to do with this show is at least bend the curve back a little bit so that people can laugh and just feel free to laugh, not worry about being offended or having their date or their wife or spouse offended as well. Right. Well, you know, Ira, the bottom line is funny is funny. I mean, if it makes you laugh, I mean, that's all that really matters. And, and it, it, you know, and if it doesn't make them laugh, we don't use it. So that's why they're laughing so much in this show, because we're we're, we're tweaking it so that this is a nonstop laughing show. I mean, you're having fun the whole day, the whole hour. And just without getting too broadly sociological, 
laughter is very much part of the human condition and in the human condition in society. So mm-hmm. if people can't laugh, they're going to be miserable. Laughing is a release, a release of tension, a release, uh, it's an acknowledgement of certain truths. And right. so that's what I think you're saying in a uh, less academic way than I'm saying it. Absolutely. Well, we're just we're just trying to make for the one hour that we're doing this show is for everybody just forget their problems and just sit back and just have a good time. And why is it you're wearing? Nobody can tell because we're recording audio. But you're wearing what appears to be a prison jumpsuit. Why is that? Is it just you feel like you're it's in jail with prison, me? Well, well actually, it just it looks like it does that look to like me. a prison jumpsuit. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm in the witness protection program, <laughs> and I just got I just got out. And uh, (laughs) I think that's a great way to leave it on a laugh. Let's do that. My guest has been Rick Michael, co-producer and writer of the new show, Jew Man Group at the Tuscany Hotel and Casino, Wednesdays through Saturdays at 5.30. For ticket information, go to the box office at the Tuscany, or you can go to the website, jewmangroup.com. That's also for all the information about the show, as well as auditions that are open for people as well. So, hey, Rick, thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me again. I really appreciate your valuable time. And uh, please come out and see the show anytime, you and your wife. Will do. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Thank you.